Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Health Podcast with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, this week we're continuing our health masterclasses with our third episode with health experts in really different areas of health. This week I'm delighted to be joined by Francis Flannery, aka the gut friend of the Vitality Centre, talking all about gut health. Take simple takeaways and simple tips to improve the health of your gut and your tummy and your bowels and all that lovely stuff that we don't like to talk about. We're going to talk lots of things uh, to improve your gut. Francis, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thanks very much. Man. How's things? Ah, oh, grand. You know, walking the walk, trying to. Good. Talking the talk and now universe is making me walk the walk. So I'm following my own program. We're going through a, a big change opening up on Grafton Street Vitality Centre. So it's uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, practicing what I preach in terms of managing uh, you know, your well-being and your, your stress and your mental health and all that. You know? So talk to us about gut health. For yeah. our listeners who may have read about it or seen it somewhere, what is it? What, what's the definition of it? Right. OK, so the gut, by definition, is any part of the digestive tract. That's really, you know, that's it. So, you know, going right back to basics, when we talk about gut health, it's become a real buzz term because probiotics are a very sellable thing. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of marketing on that. So we generally talk about gut health. What we're talking about refers to the bowel. Okay. If you take the, the part that we're, you know, we're hearing a lot about, that's probiotics. Probiotics are the gut flora. They are the seeds that make the good gut bacteria in the bowel. They populate within the walls of the colon, bowel. Three words for the same organ as well, just to make it more difficult. <laughs> colon, bowel, large intestine, and now generally we have gut as well. So those four terms, we hear them a lot. They all are the same thing. And that's generally where we're talking about with gut health. Okay. And what are you seeing, I suppose, with with clients that you work with in terms of uh, gut health problems? And I suppose we'll start with the symptoms, first of all, and then we'll go into, um, you know, how how we can improve that. But what are the symptoms of of bad gut health if people are listening in? Okay, so gut health is a term. It's going back to where it falls. I like to talk about where it falls Mm -hmm. in between. Is it because people get confused? They say, well, sometimes you go to your doctor and your doctor says, uh, you know, maybe it's gut health issues. And you think, well, am I sick? Am I well? Where am I? It's not a sickness. It's not a pathology. It's not a disease. So where is it? You are well, but not well enough. And so what are the symptoms generally of gut problems? We're talking about the bowel, the colon, the large intestine. You know, the symptoms? Bloating. You know, you're not going to, your doctor's probably going to dismiss you. You might feel dismissed and you think, oh, well, I do feel terrible. But, you know, bloating, constipation. Nobody wants to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But when the bowel doesn't move, it causes great problems. We, um, how know. often should the bowel move? Is it well, daily? Is it every two days? You know, what's the norm? You know, you hear different things and it is different for different people you know it really depends but in general your bowel if you have a feeling of incompleteness when you go to the bathroom or you're generally feeling stuffed or, or blocked up or you know they're they're your main key points but in i mean in eastern medicine it's three times a day a day 
they aim to, that your bowel moves after every meal. Now, there'd be very few people that would achieve that in our world, in the Western world, but that's the aim, you know. So, you know, it really depends. If somebody has a feeling of incompleteness when they go to the bathroom, if they're feeling bloated after meals, you know, those are really the more key factors. For some people, it's two days. Every two days they go to the bathroom. For some people, it's every day. And for some people who are really, really troublesome, it's... You know, I've seen people two weeks. I've no. Seen, I, yes, I've seen it turning up on a. Well, no, I've seen I've seen people referred by radiologists because it's on a it's on a scan. They go in thinking they've got like <laughs> some serious you know pains two in their weeks. abdominal, and they do a they do a you know a scan, um, like an X-ray, and this stuff shows up. So you, you're talking about some serious matter there as well. So and that's ordinary people. That's people. That's wellness. That's okay. not sick. They get dismissed and they, they're yeah. told, you know, go away. And that's the person who comes a lot of the time that finds themselves coming to us because there's very little, apart from laxatives and things like that, that you can go to get it back, mm-hmm. get your belt back to even. That's really not great. You want it back to well. How do you do that? Clear it out. That's the first thing. <laughs> Clear it out. So that so we you know so what I do that or where where we go with it in terms of gut health is very structured because I'm ten years developing it, okay. and uh, my mother was a psychotherapist and nurse before me, so you know we're standing on the shoulders of giants with that one, and it's we say clear, you know imbalanced gut flora, like Candida and various things mm-hmm. we all know the Western world we all take antibiotics so we have these things, and you know uh, constipation. You know, like the pipes. Could you imagine the pipes in your in your house, the plumbing after years or in your car all blocked up? Clear it away. Plant, bring in the good gut flora. So that's the probiotics. You know, fertilize whole foods, you know, foods that feed feed us, that our body can recognize non-synthetic whole foods, natural foods. And, um, you know, be protective of it. So just be cognizant of the way we approach, uh, you know, antibiotics or how we do approach uh, the way we look after ourselves mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe not to take them unless we really need them and in terms of I suppose uh, people now are looking for the, the quick fix solutions yes. for lots of things yes. and they're buying probiotics prebiotics yeah. different brands different yeah. versions different right. strains uh, eating certain foods um, the fermented foods and, and, and the like in yes. terms of supplements and supplementation are there ones particularly that work or that work quite well do they not work What's your, what's your take on them? Okay, yes, there are some are better than others. It's true, but let's think about why. When we take something orally, it must go through the entire digestive tract. That's the stomach, the small intestine, and their key functions are to digest and to take away and to kill bacteria. So we want this uh, probiotic populates or grows its seed in our bowel. That's at the end of the journey, you know. So it's it's twenty two feet later. We have to get it there. When we take it orally, we are dependent on it not being broken down by the natural job that the body wants mm-hmm. to do. But yeah, but but if you think of it in that way, when you have major gut flora imbalancing situation going on, you've got, it's like a weed. Could you imagine ivy growing all over your stuff, all over your garden or somewhere like that? And you put the seeds in, into that garden. That's like the probiotic because you want to grow mm-hmm. more healthy stuff that's not a weed. We don't take that approach. We take the approach. Let's pull the ivy out. Let's clear the weeds and let's put the probiotic or put the seed into the new garden. And that's the approach. So it's clearing and then planting. 
Let's chat gut health and mental health then. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the obvious one to start with for me would be stress and, and, and the impact of stress on your gut health. Absolutely, yeah. Huge yeah. factor. Huge, huge. Why though, you know? Well, th- that's the other. So we have two major things going on. Uh, with We have three actually, but the two we've touched on gut health or probiotics or, you know, gut flora. That's one major, major uh, part of gut health. The second is that 90%, up to 90% of your serotonin is produced by your bowel. Now, your bowel or colon or gut or large intestine, all the same thing as we say. Yeah. That's a five foot long organ. I say to people, look, we're one third bowel. Imagine all that. <laughs> all that there. That's your bowel. So, you know, what's happening? Well, your serotonin is produced there and say, why? Why is it? Well, imagine the journey of moving matter along this five foot and it has to go up and around and down. This is what's happening. So it's all very, we get really into it. We get really deep inside and bring up the truth, bring up the things people, you know, don't often talk about. But that's what's happening. And so it's thought that that serotonin, a big part of it is to move matter along. Okay. If that serotonin, if that movement stops, you will find yourself feeling down because the serotonin movement stops as well. And that affects your mood. But other things can affect you. Food can aggravate also and cause the bowel to spasm. So food intolerance testing is very it's very important to identify triggers. Mm-hmm. So when you clear and you restore and you replant and then you, you know, look at the triggers, possibly food, very, very surprising, healthy foods like vegetables and fruit can often be the trigger. So it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's a real, uh, it's a real uh, program to look at, to restore and then to correct the diet by identifying triggers. Improvements. Uh, I know you have kind of commandments that, 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 that you work off. The simplest tips that you can give us for our, our listeners, and we'll go through them and have a little bit of a chat about, about each one. So mm. I suppose um, varying your diet presumably is one, mm. or eating a varied diet? Eating a varied diet is so important. You'd see that, you see, I see that a lot with people that develop food intolerances. We were not meant to have the same food accessible to us uh, 365 days a year, you know. So we, but we have them now. So just looking at your food on the seasonal level, you know, looking at it seasonally and changing it every six months. So if you lean heavily on one food group or one meal, it really does become, it's like as if you're pressing the same bell for digestion. The same combination of digestive enzymes have to come out, you know, and that's like pressing the bell too much too often and it becomes exhausted. So you need to vary the diet. So you would see people who are vegans and Mm, vegetarians and pescatarians and meat eaters Mm. and is there one type of person over the other who gets constipated more or who has more digestive issues diet relative so my my real question there is are meat eaters more constipated than vegetarians or vegans right now there's no i don't have any set answer i couldn't i couldn't say i've done studies on it so just colloquially yeah from personal experience personal experience what i see i see people who go vegetarian and have more bloating and weight gain sometimes you know, because th- sometimes the triggers for, for uh, you know, for, for digestive issues are, you know, the inability to digest uh, cellulose and protein or um, fibrous stuff, mm-hmm. like f- natural food that is very, very good. And just as much you might see somebody who goes on a low carb diet or a paleo diet and, and they would have issues. So the, I, as far as I can establish, there is no set recipe. Okay. You've got to be, it's got to be uh, customized to you. And that I I would live by that. I mean, I've you know I've met people who've been vegetarian for years and 
they, they just it just doesn't work. I believe it's to do with the way I believe personally it's got to do with our our ancient genes and, mm-hmm. and for you know hundreds of years we ate meat and suddenly we cut that off and sometimes maybe that doesn't work and then maybe somebody else like you know I'm sure you know the blood group diet yes of course yeah Doctor yeah. uh, Peter Dadamo and then the paleo was kind of based on that because huge proportion of our population is blood group O mm-hmm. as Irish we we link back to you know, the Basque country can link those very old genes to various Celtic cultures. And so we're predominantly, oh, you know, so possibly there is that thing that we do need protein a little bit if we're really being general, but we can't be. Obviously, there's no general. I have found that people, Irish people do a little better when they take out those heavy carbohydrates. That's what I've seen in general. I mean, I think we can all identify. Yeah, so they're, they're, refi- they're refined carbohydrates, so chips and burgers and white, white stodgy stuff. White carbs and that. We just seem to be, if you're making, if I am to make a generalisation and I can't do that. And I've seen the other extreme. I have bodybuilders who come into me who are, you know, they're just poisoning themselves with, uh, you know, just, just pure protein diets. And, the, you know, the skin reflects that. Of course. You see that in the skin and that is not good enough either. You know, you have to keep it clean. It has to be um, a balance. Mm-hmm. There's no, nobody should be, you know, because that's too acidic, that too much protein. It's too, uh, there's too much in there. So really it's it's the balance and, and having that. In my clinics, we, we do food intolerance testing to see. But it is, I do believe it is quite an individual to the person. Okay. Really. Yeah, yeah, so it was just a random question that came <laughs> to you as you were chatting there. It's like, yeah, I wonder, is there, because obviously with, with um, as vegetarians and vegans, people eat more, do you would imagine, yes. a more varied diet. And uh, and all, and obviously with the likes of the paleo, where there's massive quantities of protein and there's too huge, much, you know, sometimes. two grams per kilo body weight or whatever, sometimes, which, sometimes. Can be, which can be way too much. Yes. Let's talk hydration. Oh, yes. Yeah, great topic. Uh, great tea, topic. coffees, water, all this um, lovely stuff uh, <laughs> in terms of good health. Water, all presumably, is a biggie. Well, yeah, the, so so I love water, and you have your water there, and it's great. Water is so important to us, but why? Okay, so when we drink water, we have this lovely big master organ called the brain who wants to take water. If you've got a dehydrated brain and you put it into a sink, it would probably drink three of those one-liter bottles before it would be. Liver's the same. Your liver's going to do the same thing. So a lot of the time when we drink water orally, we get, the brain takes it because the brain's the master organ. Okay? So if we take then, but all the other organs need just as much. Our liver needs it. Our bowel needs it. You know, so you've a lot going on. So when we drink water and then we drink coffee and then we take salt and then we take alcohol, we're stripping, stripping. And, you know, people get headaches they get constipation due to that dryness mm-hmm. because they've stripped it with a diuretic out. Now, here I am saying to people, very often when you have your colonic hydrotherapy, you feel great. Why? Massive thing is that your bell actually drinks water. One of its big main functions is to drink water because what comes from the small intestine is semi-solid and what exits the bowel is solid. So the journey from small intestine to exit of the bowel, it's five foot, as I said, is to take out water and it gives it to the liver and the liver uses it to, to filter. So when we are dehydrated, we're going to be constipated and that means gut health issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so, for, it's so all for, there. If, if you're not drinking enough water, you have a higher risk of constipation. Absolutely. It's, and, you know, you, people, people go to festivals and they, you know, they, they drink alcohol and they eat all the wrong food and maybe they don't eat at all, you know, and they take in toxins and drugs and various things. And, and they wonder why they feel absolutely suicidal when they, they come back. 
because their gut health, they've just absolutely, you know, defied all the rules. Those rules you're talking about, you know, hydration, a major issue. And tea and coffee in terms of gut health? T- good, tea, bad. And, tea and co- I mean, the recommend, I mean, I would say to people, if you can try to limit uh, consumption of coffee to one a day. OK, yeah. I mean, some people say tea has a certain amount of hydration and, her- and herbal tea has, you know, normal hydration. Mm-hmm. It's the same as water. It's not an, it's non-diuretic. Green tea has a little bit of a diuretic because it's caffeine based. But, you know, supplement it with the tea and herbal tea and all those things as well. You know, that's that's so important. OK, so don't cut everything out. Balance, moderation, kind of coffee days, no harm whatsoever. No harm. And uh, herbal teas are always really good. And then lots of water. Lots of water. Lots of water. You know, if you think you've drank enough water, drink some more. <laughs> <laughs> we have the brain and the liver and the bowel all, you know, fighting for water. And what about, OK, the next tip is around um, foods that are high in sugar, added sugars. Yeah. Let's let's chat about so those for a while. Yeah, so so the, so acidity in the body is where sugar, you know, it's one of the things that it, sugar is a problem around. Sugar, you know, the, there's so many interesting studies about sugar. The acidity that sugar creates is a perfect environment for disease to live in, you know, and that's when you know when you think about it like that, and you think about how you want to really starve disease, you know, you think about cutting sugar out and how important that is. So, yes, it is. It's, and it's a tricky one because it's addictive. Of course. Makes you feel good. Instant gratification, instant, instant energy. Instant yep. boost to the blood sugars, instant rush of energy. Very, very tricky. So, you know, if the if you're coming off sugar, just it's a three-day addiction. So if you're f- struggling for the first three days, it's not going to last forever. So try to struggle against it for three days and just eat more fats, good fats and, you know, water and, you know, things, even fats you wouldn't normally eat. You know, let yourself have them for those if they're sugar free for those three days. And then once that's over, you'll find it miraculously. No sugar addiction. It's gone and you don't want it. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a it's a funny old balance. Um, but yeah, sh- sugar is uh, the plague of the nation, really, you know, in terms of health on so many levels. You know, of course, it feeds things like candida as well. Candida being the, the bowel, one of the most prominent, the most well-known uh, bowel, uh, bad gut floras, if you like. It lives and feeds on sugar. So when we're trying to starve out sugar or starve out candida, we really are going, well, the, you know, we're low-carbing it. Mm-hmm. Carbohydrate being sugar in general. You know, that's just what it is. So low-carb diet means low-sugar diet. Yep. You know, so it's very, very easy to think of it like that. And, you know, it's, it's so many health benefits to it. It's, it's hard initially, but we must eat carbohydrates in other ways, not to think yeah, that we should Yeah, obviously coloured, fibrous, all of that. Yeah, because yeah. okay. when you cut it out and think that you're going to, you know, you, a good thing to do is to eat that bit more fruit or, you know, even buried coloured fruit because it's not too high in sugar mm-hmm. in general. And, and I do believe as, as, a, as a predominantly blood group O nation, we, we can handle those indigenous foods better than tropical fruits, which are higher in fructose as well, you know, okay. so they almost have a very, they're genetically modified to have high sugar levels as well, almost like sweets now. And finally, uh, fermented foods. Yeah, so fermented foods um, are foods that have, you know, in the, pre- so there's so many, most foods can be fermented. So things like cabbage is very common and they go back, the, the fermentation process has been, is ancient. It was just a, a way of storing food, you know, because we didn't have fridges and we didn't have preservatives. And that's really it. So it's been in the diet for, you know, historically. Um, so having some fermented food that is high quality um, 
you know, is so very beneficial. It seems to be that we do need it. And I say to people, where would you put that? People say to me, well, where would you put that into a good health plan? I would call that maintenance. It may not correct. People say, oh, but sure, I take, uh, I take fermented kombucha and I take some kimchi. Yeah, sure, I don't need a probiotics. Or well, I wouldn't say so. I'd say it's more like maintenance of the good garden that's mm-hmm. already right because we're all, we all need a bit of that. That's always been in our diet. Ancient cultures like kimchi from Korea, we know, you know that's been around. But even with ourselves here, uh, fermentation has been around for, you know, it was the only way to preserve things. So everybody has a certain amount of it or needs a certain amount of it in their diet. But it's maintaining good gut health. I don't think it's going to bring you back to correcting a big problem mm-hmm. like imbalanced gut flora that's gone on for a long time that's chronic. You know, so it's a, it's more of a, uh, something we should add, in, you know, consciously. Kombucha is very good. You can make your own. Um, you know, there's so many brands. I think you can. Most shops sell it now. It's yeah, very, very accessible. Now, great. Yeah, it's very accessible. So it's a good thing. It's absolutely a good maintenance, and you can feel the benefits of it, no doubt, when you do have introduced that. Thank you so as much well. for taking the time to come in and chat to us today. Thank All you things so much good for health, me. folks. As always, you are listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. This is the third in our uh, Health Masterclass series. We wanted to pick three kind of different topics that you may not have heard of before. Obviously, sex being one, uh, the brain aging being another, and then the gut health being another. I'm bringing in experts to give you some really simple tips to take away. Now, don't forget, we have a wonderful competition to celebrate breaking the 1 million listener mark here on the Real Help podcast in our first year of podcasting. To enter the competition, you can win books, you can win uh, Fitbits and lots of other lovely free prizes and everyone loves free stuff. So head over to independent.ie and just go onto the Real Health podcast page. You'll find it and the link will be there. Fill out the survey and you're into the draw and we'll announce the winners over the course of the coming weeks. We have some more brilliant episodes to come we're just working on our next batch of guests and trust me you're going to absolutely love them thank you so much for listening if you have any questions it's at Carl Henry PT on Instagram and on Twitter and realhelp at independent.ie is our email address have a great week and we'll see you soon so long ago Leia Healthcare it's good to live Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.